All right. All right, bless you, Pastor. Good morning. morning. I missed you guys. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you. So we had a really good trip in France. We stayed about two weeks and a half. So the whole trip consisted about eating bread and cheese and really good stuff. So do I look a little bit bigger? No, good. All right, all right, all right. And this week when I was preparing the message, I found something in the Bible that I'd never seen before. David was a little bit French, and this is where I'm going to go. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, it's this story about Goliath, uh, David killing Goliath. And David, when he came to the battlefield, you know what he was bringing? Cheese and bread. I was like, wow, this guy is French. <laughs> so we're going to talk about David and Goliath. So if you want to open your Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we, we all know this story, right? Everybody have heard the story of Goliath and David. And I was thinking today, like, who are the giants in my life and who are the giants in your life? You can name your giant. Is it loneliness? Is it an addiction? Is it a family problem? Name it. You probably have a giant today. I do. So Goliath was a really big guy. And when I was looking at the picture that Jody painted this morning, let's say it's Goliath. David would probably be right here. Like really small guy compared to the Goliath. And the Bible said that Goliath had an armor that weighs 100 pounds. And this guy was probably like okay to move around and fight. He was a big guy. So he was scaring the Israelites for 40 days, coming in the morning and at night, and scaring them and screaming at them, come and fight me, come and fight me. And the Israelites, they were super scared, and they kind of put up with it. We're going to just stay over here and not move. But David, oh, man, David, he didn't want to do that. And you are called to be David. Don't put up with your giant. Fight it. Fight it. We Christians are often like the Israelites. We put up with our giant. We don't want to fight because of this and this reason. But David, you're called to be David. Say it, I'm David. Oh, yeah. So, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the army of Israel, who you have defeated. Man, is it powerful? But the thing is that any of the Israelites could have said the same thing. God was fighting for David, but he was fighting also for the Israelites. Are you okay with me? Are you agreeing? There were other slingers out there. There were other warriors that were better trained than David. David wasn't the strongest, but he had an advantage that all the other Israelites had. God was fighting for him. So what made David kill Goliath was not his abilities, not his military knowledge. It was his awareness. 
of his God. You don't need to be stronger. You don't need a better advantage. You need to turn on your awareness of who your God is. That's what you need this morning. And you, you might think, like, I don't know if I can be like David. But if you're a Christian, the spirit that was on David lives inside of you too. And even better, Jesus, the God that went into a fight with death and wins. You know anyone that can do that? No. Only Jesus can do that. He gets into a fight with death and he wins. Can we play the little video, please? The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him. For yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. 
powerful, right? You want to talk about an advantage? You have this God living and working inside of you. So tell your giant, name it. Things are about to get down. I have this God in me. Come on. It's not because you're stronger. It's because you have connection. Tell your neighbor, I have connection. I have to hook up with God. Tell your neighbor, I have connection. You have the advantage. I, will, I want you guys to remember, wherever you go this week, I have the advantage. You have the advantage. Once I've heard a French pastor saying, everybody looked at Goliath and said, he's too big to kill. But David said, he's too big to miss. It's not how life comes at you. It's how you see what's coming at you that gives you the advantage. Be aware of your God. He's with you. He's for you. Nothing can defeat you with God. Oh, yeah, he is. How will the world know that you have an heavenly advantage if you never face anything? If you never face anything, how would you overcome? Sometimes we need to battle. We need to fight to get something. I'm going to come to that in a little bit. Only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victor. God is going to turn it around in your life. So how do we do this? You guys know? Walk by faith. Walk by faith. There is a saying, I believe in English, fake it till you make it. I don't like being fake, but I'll tell you, act as if. That releases your faith. Act as if you're brave. Act as if, whatever, act as if. You know, David did a little speech, I come to you in the name of the Lord. But I believe if you read in the Psalms, David was often scared. He didn't really believe that God was with him most of the time. He's like, oh, God, why did you leave me? Where are you, God? He was scared often. But he acted as if God was with him. And this released his awareness, his faith, and boom, the giant went down. The thing that I like is what David, he learned how to load his, I forgot the name, his slingshot, even when his hands were sweaty, even when he was shaking, he learned how to load it and put it down. Don't let fear put you down. Learn how to load your slingshot even when you're shaking, even when you're sweaty and you're scared. Learn how to do that. Act as if you're brave. Remember, you've got connection. Another part that I want to look at is there was a really great reward for the one that would kill Goliath. Do you guys know what it is? Exactly. Was a wife to win and no taxes for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah, yeehaw. But 
there's a point I want to make with that, with the reward. A non-recognized advantage is an unclaimed reward. Does it make sense? All the Israelites had the advantage. You, all of you are sitting right here. You have an advantage because you have God in you. But if you don't see your advantage, you don't get the reward. So a non-recognized advantage is an unclaimed reward. Anybody could have stepped up and killed Goliath. That's my personal opinion. And claimed the victory, but because the advantage was not recognized, the reward was unclaimed. And here's what I want you to get. David understood his identity was his reward. Him knowing God is with him, that God was his advantage. Here's a little story that I heard this week. And I was listening to his sermon, and the guy gave this illustration, and I thought it was really good. So it was a little a student, and he did, couldn't eat at the cafeteria. So he went to see the director of his school and said, hey, I have a big problem. I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, and I can't get into the cafeteria. It's been a couple of days, and I, can't, I need to eat. Please do something about me. And the director said, sir, can I, can I please see your ID? And so the, the, the teenager gave him the ID, and he's just typing the number and everything on the ID. And he's like, hey, kid, your parents bought you a meal plan. You can eat here three meals a day. It's already paid for. Just take it. Your ID is also your meal plan. Your identity in Christ brings you the reward. This kid's ID was his meal plan. And your ID is your meal plan. Does it make sense? You just had to claim it. It's the same, the spiritual word. Your ID is your reward. As a Christian, you get a reward. You can face anything that comes at you. Just claim it because Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All right, we're going to go keep going with this story. And it's funny because... This little part, if I can have it up here, it's uh, verse 50 to 57. We never talked about this during Sunday school because it's the whole story with David shooting with a stone, Goliath. We all know it, but usually, I don't know about here in America, but in France, they stop right here because after that, it gets a little bit weird. Can I please have the verse 50 to 57, please? So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. For he had no sword. Remember that. He had no sword. Keep going, please. Thank you. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his belt. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. He wasn't going to leave it up to chance. If he was dead or not, cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the man of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sharem 
as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David took the Philistines' head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own hand. Can you imagine David was just like walking around with a big head? Under, was, I'm just like, man, this guy is crazy. All right, keep going. I still watched David go out to fight the Philistine. He asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, found out who he is, the king told him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. He was still walking around with the head. It's been quite a while. They didn't have a cooler back then. Oh, is it the end? Oh, tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. The point I want to make is, why did he cut off his head? It's kind of like barbarian to us now. Like, we, Even when you do like World War II, they didn't do that. It's extremely weird to us, to us, sorry. But back in the day, it was normal. It was a sign of total victory. Like Goliath being dead wasn't good enough. He had to be completely destroyed. Defeating the enemy wasn't enough. The enemy had to be destroyed. Even better could be said about Jesus. Jesus didn't only defeat sin, he destroyed it. Finish the job. Tell your neighbor, finish the job. Some of you, you might have defeated addictions and you're always scared that it might come back, whatever what it is. Just finish the job. Cut off the end. You have the right to do that. Cut it off. Finish the job. I want some, there's something else I want to point out to you is, remember I told you to remember David went into the battlefield without a sword, but he left the battlefield with one. That's really deep. He took what was coming against him and used it to defeat the, his enemy. God is going to turn it around. What is meant to kill you, what is meant to destroy you, God is going to use it to deliver you. Amazing. The Bible says that God turns everything to good. So if it's not good, it's not the end. It is not the end. The things that were meant to destroy you, God can use it to deliver you. A few moments earlier, the sword was threatening David's life. But in a moment, because of his faith and awareness, he used a sword that was meant to kill him, to kill his enemy. You have the advantage. You have the advantage. Yes, there will be attacks. But remember, today's attacks could be tomorrow's advantage. I'm going to do a little jump. Over time, if you want to go with me to First Samuel chapter 21, verses 8 and 9. 
It's about 14 years. Not exactly sure, but that's why they found. About 14 years after David killed Goliath. And things changed. David and Saul were not really friends anymore. And David was on the run from the king Saul. He went from his best champion to now his worst enemy. So in chapter 21, David arrives in a temple. He's asking bread for his man. He's hiding from Saul. And he said, I have no weapon. Can you please put the verse 8 and 9, please? So David is asking, hey, I have no weapon. I left in a hurry. And now I have no weapon. Samuel chapter 21 verse 8 and 9. David asked Hamelish, do you have a spear or sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have the time to grab a weapon. I only have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine who you killed in the valley of Elah, the priest replied. It is wrapped into a clothes behind the e-pod. Take that if you want, for there is nothing else here. There's only one sword in the whole temple, and it's Goliath's sword. And David said, there is none like, the, there is none like it. Give it to me. Tell your neighbor, give it to me. Your past victories will be waiting for you in your future assignment. David had to stand up pretty against something really dangerous to get this sword. His brothers were against him. Don't do it. You're going to fail. The king was like, you're just a kid. What are you going to do about it? So David knew the price of this sword. And your battle you're going through right now will be waiting for you in your future assignment. Maybe you're without a sword right now, but you will get out of the battleground with one. Remember, you have the advantage. And today's battle will be your tomorrow's advantage. I want you guys this week, wherever you go, to think about this. I have the advantage. Say it with me. I have the advantage. All right, let me pray for you. Can I please have some music? Thank you. Jesus, I pray that right now you will turn on the awareness on each one of us today of how mighty you are, of how strong you are. And now I speak to your giants. In Jesus' name, you're going to get down. You're going to get down. I release courage, bravery right now in Jesus' name in your life. I release the power of God right now in your life 
to put this giant down right now in Jesus' name. If you're facing a giant right now, please stand up. And if I cannot, please the ministry team and go and pray for them. You're going to overcome. You were not born to be a loser. You're not born to be a loser. You're not going to get caught up in this thing over and over again. That's not who you are. You're going to overcome. You're going to be healed. You're going to be healed. Death could not hold Jesus, and it's not going to hold you either. He's fighting for you. He's with you. He's with you in your financial crisis. He's with you in your pain, emotional pain, physical pain. He's right here, and he's going to put that giant down. So if you need healing in your finances, in your life, or you're addicted to something right now, giant, you're going to get down in Jesus' name. You're not a victim. You're a victor. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. More of you, God. We want to see victory upon this place. That today is going to be the turning point. I had a giant attacking me for years, months, whatever it is. But today it's going to get down by faith. Walk by faith. Speak to your giant's don't be scared. This is going to get down. Addiction is going to get down. Financial crisis is going to get down. Pain is going to get down. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You have the advantage. You have victory. It's in you. It's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be done, but I want you guys to... If you feel like you need help to kill this giant, if you need a little extra prayer, we're going to have a little team here and we want to pray for you. But remember, wherever you go this week, you have the advantage. You have the advantage. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I'll be waiting right here. And I'll hold the mic to pass this to you. Love you guys. Thank you, Ali. That was good, right? Thank you, brother. Thank you. That's good. Good to remember who we are and that we have the advantage. We're not below. We're actually above. Amen? So we bless you with that today. If you need some ministry real quick, we're going to take about a 10-minute break. Uh, we have an annual, uh, not annual, we have a meeting of the church.